UFC 228 predictions. Dun dun dun. Hey guys, Fight Junkie here. Um, I'm going to start with the predictions for the UFC card. But before I do that, I want to thank everybody for checking us out on social media, listening to the podcast. You can follow us on um, Twitter at FightJunkie.com. And you can subscribe to our YouTube channel at uh, youtube.com slash fightjunkie2006. So if you have any friends or family, anybody in your inner circle that you think would enjoy this stuff, shoot it out to them. They can interact uh, with me on social media or YouTube or whatever. Just trying to build the channel. So whatever you guys can do, I appreciate. Um, on this episode... That we do the fight picks for the UFC 228. I'm going to do it a little bit different this time than I did the last time. So if you guys listen to the Fight Night 135 predictions. It was like an hour long I believe. And it was roughly three fights I think I covered. And so this time I'm going to go through a little more rapid fire. I'm not going to get as in depth with the odds and stuff. And see if you guys prefer me doing it this way. Or if you prefer the older way that was a little bit longer and more in depth. But you guys got to let me know. So if you guys don't comment on the YouTube channel, you don't comment on social media, you don't let me know, I'm going to have no idea which way you like it best. And obviously I can do it either way, it's no problem. I don't mind doing the uh, longer version, which like I said was roughly an hour. But it's just a matter of I thought I would try this and see if people just want rapid fire right to the point so they can go back. Or if they want to hear more about why I like it, how the lines are, how they came out, where the money went, if I think I see something off with the way the line was set, this type of thing. So basically, if you're not sure what I'm talking about, go back to my podcast or on YouTube and listen to the Fight Night 135 predictions. I also did a post fight, but if you want to just hear what I'm talking about as far as how I did it then and how I'm going to do it now, the differences, listen to this podcast, obviously, and then go back and listen to Fight Night 135 and see which one you like better and then you can comment. If it doesn't matter to you, even comment. It doesn't matter. I like them both. Or if you hate them both, tell me you hate them both. Whatever the case is, just let me know what you think. Okay, so let's jump into this real quick. UFC 228, the main events, Woodley and Till. Um, the first fight I looked at, Really quickly was Craig White and Diego Sanchez. Normally, I would tell you straight out of the gate, fade Diego, meaning fade, go against him. He's pretty far gone. But Craig White isn't really a lot. So that becomes an issue of if you have two guys that are kind of on the same level, theoretically, you should probably take the dog, but Diego is the dog. So currently he's sitting at plus 195 and Craig White is sitting at minus 235. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you don't understand what the odds are. I also did a podcast. It's up on YouTube. Of course, it's up on Anchor and you can find it on my social media pages that explains the terminology as far as the sports combat betting. So you should be able to uh, listen to that, and then you can follow follow along with what I'm telling you. So back to this. Sanchez is the underdog, and I have a really hard time saying to bet him because he is pretty far gone. But like I said, Craig isn't all that. So he's 14-8, and eight, and Diego's 27-11. So you can already kind of see what we're looking at. Now, again, we can't just go off records, but if you've watched these guys, then you pretty much understand where I'm coming from. Um, Craig is coming off a loss in his last fight, which was a KO loss. 
and Diego, who's sitting at 27 and 11, is coming off two losses, and both of those were by KO. Pre- uh, previous to that, pretty much everyone thought his chin was granite, and it was, but he's taken a lot of punish, punishment over his whole career, and that's a lot of fights to get punched in the face. And it just speaks to what I always tell you. You cannot simply have no defense in combat sports and expect to just continue to take punches like you did when you first started out. It just doesn't happen. It's been proven time and time and time again. You cannot eat punches like Tic Tacs and not expect that at some point you're going to start getting knocked out. And that's where he at, where he is at this point. Now, Craig's losses out of the eight, he's only been stopped three KOs or TKOs. But he's been submitted four times as well. Diego does have a wrestling and a ground game, but you usually don't see him use that. So I don't even know if that's applicable at this point, especially with how far faded Diego is. So this is kind of a fight I would suggest you stay away from. Unless you think both of these guys are on the slide and I would lean towards an under at that point. That's really the only recommended play I can even see. Um, it opened at minus 165 and it's currently 205. So I think that tells you that the public is pretty much on the same brainwave as me when it comes to how that fight could potentially play out. So I'm not going to spend too much more time on that. Like I said, if you do look, look at that fight, if you do like the fight, if you do want to have action on that, then I would suggest you look at the under. Um, another fight that I think uh, has betting potential is Carla Esparza and Tatiana Suarez. Um, Suarez opened as a minus 350 favorite, and she's already been bet to 570. You can get plus 435 in Carla. This is really just a case of you've got uh, two women, and one of them is much bigger, and that's Tatiana. Uh, Carla is good, and she's right there at the top of the division, but Tatiana's kind of the up-and-comer. She's undefeated. She's 6-0. She's got three submissions and one KOTKO, and the other two are decisions. This is really a case where I think the 5'6", five, 5'5", five, five fighter versus the 5-foot fighter. And they have similar strengths in wrestling, but Tatiana is way better in that regard. So the things that Carla usually relies on, I don't think she's going to be able to in this fight. If you compare the striking, Carla probably has the advantage, but she's 5 feet tall. And that's very difficult to outbox an opponent that has any capable boxing skills at all because they can usually just use the jab or a simple 1-2 and stay on the outside, and then that forces Carla to come after them. And as soon as you force Carla to come after you, it changes the dynamics because now you're getting hit as you come in, and now you're chasing the fighter all over the octagon so it it changes the dynamics where if Carla was the same size she could theoretically outbox Tatiana she could move around she could make Tatiana come to her and try to force takedowns off of Tatiana so but she's not so we can't go into that but I think Tatiana's strengths and her wrestling and her jujitsu are far better than what Carla brings now the only question to me is is Tatiana going to be able to stop her and I'm, I'm kind of on the fence with that, but I'm actually leaning towards her being able to stop her only because if you believe it's going to be a mismatch in the wrestling department, then you've got to think that Tatiana's jiu-jitsu skills will be able to showcase themselves. If you don't think she's just going to run over Carla on the ground, then you probably will want to take a decision. You will probably want to play Tatiana by decision, which right now I believe it's like just minus. It's somewhere like minus 108, minus 105. So if you think she can out 
wrestler, but not just like totally dominate her. Because what happens is if you believe Tatiana can dominate her on the ground, like just transition, transition all over her ass, then probably that's going to set up a submission or even a ground and pound. So that's something you got. You have to look at. If you believe Tatiana is that far better in the wrestling department that she's going to be able to take Carla down and dominate her on the ground, the odds are within those three rounds she'll probably stop her. Whether it's by submission or ground and pound, uh, as, uh, Tatiana likes to submit. Obviously, she's got three submissions and only one KO. So you would think if she's dominating her on the ground, she's probably going to set up some slick submission and submit her. So if you do like Tatiana the Dominator and you do think that's a possibility, then you can look at Suarez Inside the Distance, which comes in at plus money right now, which is kind of enticing. So it opened at plus 183 and it's still plus 165. So it's not as great a line as it was, but it's still nice if you think that's going to happen because most of the time the women's fight are really high to go over and this fight is only minus 175 to go three rounds. So that should tell you right there that the books believe this could be a domination on the ground so they're not 1000% confident like they usually are that a woman's fight is going to go the distance so you go ahead and look at that line and then you guys tell me what you think the other fight I saw in there was Jessica Andrade and Carolina Kovacic see I'm getting better guys I'm getting better um this one is the odds are wide Andrade's minus 450 and Carolina's plus 360 Technically speaking, I think the wides are the odds are too wide simply because Carolina is good. Like she she has skill. She's not a bum. She's only lost twice and she's 12 and 2. Now her losses were one by decision and one by submission. The reason I bring up the submission is because Andrade or Andraj is 18 and 6, but she has 7 wins by submission. The problem I see with Carolina is that she is a pure boxer. I mean, her ability to stop people is almost non-existent. She has one KO slash TKO and two submissions out of those 12 wins. Nine of her wins are by decision, and that is a problem. Because that means every time you pick her to win, you're basically picking her to outpoint the person. And that becomes a problem, especially when you're talking about MMA judging. Now, granted, she's only lost one decision, but that's 50% of her loss ratio. The other was a submission. And Andrade already has that submission ability. So what do I think how that fight's going to play out? Well, looking at it at first, I said the odds are wide, way too wide. And I still believe that as far as ability goes. But Andrade brings certain things to the table that Carolina's going to have trouble with. And that's namely her aggressiveness and her strength in the clinch. And should she get her down, there is a possibility that she could submit her. Again, when you're looking at the over-under to go three, four rounds, it's only minus 185. So it goes the distance, it's only minus 185 and you're getting back plus 155 that it doesn't go. So again, for a woman's fight, that's very low. So they're kind of hesitant at the same time. Like, is this going to go to a decision or isn't it? Now the books opened it at minus 230. 
So the books had a little bit more confidence, but not a lot in it. And then the public saw it how I'm seeing it, that there is a possibility that if she gets Carolina down, that something could happen. Now, could Andrade technically just push her against the cage and win on points? I think so. She's stronger and she's more aggressive. So I think how this fight plays out is that if you light Carolina, you take her points 100%. I don't think you entertain anything else but Carolina points if you like her boxing ability to keep Andrade on the outside for the entire night. This could be another case like how we had the Courtney Casey fight and the Angela Hill fight. The only difference was Courtney stayed on the outside and I personally thought she lost, but she got a shady decision. I don't know if I want to call it shady. It was close. She got a controversial decision. I don't think Andrade will stay on the outside at all. I didn't think Courtney would either, but I really don't think Andrade is going to. I think she's going to come forward, press forward, and definitely try to get in clinch range. Now, I think if she has the opportunity, she will take her down. But Andrade has no problem staying in the clinch up against the cage and just working dirty boxing and gritting it out that way. So that's why the taking down submitting is a little bit more hesitant to me because I think she can do it. The question is, will she do it? I think if the opportunity arises, she will. But I'm not so certain that she's going to like seek it like that's going to be her game plan like double leg get up against the cage or single leg transition trip takedown i'm not sure she's going to do that but uh andrage by decision is favored it's currently sitting at minus 145 if you do think that she can get her down and submit her you could take the inside which is 215 and that also includes some ground and pound if you thought maybe she would just dominate on the ground and just pound her out and not necessarily have to submit her that works as well and that's probably safer if you like that so that's plus 215 but like i said if you if you're spicy you could take carolina by decision and Andrade inside. If you're spicy, Carolina, by decision, Andrade inside. The next one I see is Nico Montano and Valentina Shevchenko. Oh, guys, Shevchenko. Not bad, not bad. Some of these, some of these I can do. Other ones I'm like, so I appreciate you guys sticking with me because, yeah, I'm not the best with names. Um, This one again. Fight goes to a decision plus money. Dun dun dun. What does that tell you? Well, the line is really high to begin with. So on paper, this is a huge mismatch. Huge. Valentina's minus twelve hundred. Nico plus seven seventy-five. Do I think Valentina's gonna win? Yes. Would I ever tell you to lay twelve hundred? No. So if we like Valentina, you need to look at how she wins. Otherwise, this fight, in my opinion, is unplayable. That's too much risk for too little reward. And that goes back to uh, the basics of betting and being smart with your bankroll and how to do this thing long term. A $1,200 loss for a potential of a $100 return is not worth the risk. But that doesn't mean we can't bet it. All we have to do is look a little bit closer to see if there's anything that we like that is reasonable when it comes to Valentina. So the first thing that we see is over and under. Fight goes to a decision as plus 145. Fight doesn't go to a decision as minus 175. Now remember, this fight is a five-round fight. It's for a title. So Nico is the champ. Valentina is the champ. Uh, is the challenger. That should tell you all you need to know right there. 
it's very rare that the challenger comes in at that kind of number. But Valentina is aces, folks. I mean, she is good. She's 15 and 3, and she's lost to Amanda Nunez twice. And I personally believe that that last fight with Nunez, she could have won. So she is she is top tier. Obviously, she's dropping down for this fight and going for the title. And then I imagine, like, if she wins, there's a possibility that there could be another fight with Nunez some other time because they are neck and neck and their fights are good. They're competitive and they're action-packed. So if if Amanda stays around, I know she has a cyborg fight and all that, but if Amanda's still in the in the circle of the top tier up there and everything's as it is now i think they'll probably fight again later down the road but as far as this fight goes she's massively favored and when you look at it you have to see how you like her how do you think she's gonna win obviously she's favored massive and basically to beat her and destroy her with inside the distance they've got don't go as favored and they've got Shevchenko inside favored, and it's a pretty good favorite. It's minus two fifteen. And remember, we're talking women here. That's you don't you don't often see that. Now, Shevchenko's only got four KOs, but she also has seven submissions. So if you add those up, she's finishing people when she wins her fights. And I think that's what's gonna happen here. So when I look at the fight, you've got two ways you can go. You could take that minus 175 and that gives you all five rounds. Or you can take Shevchenko inside, which is minus 215, and that also gives you all five rounds, but that only gives you one fighter. This is what I'm talking about. These are the little tricky things that are with combat sports odds that sometimes make no sense whatsoever, but you can take advantage of it. Let me explain. Even though, let me let me point this out before we get to that. Minus 175 is the won't go right now. It opened at plus 140. So I hope all you guys that like this fight hit that 140 when it first came out. Because you got an absolute steal. Uh, Shevchenko inside opened at plus 116. And it's now minus 215. So if you hit that, that's another steal. But it's still not as good as the under. So let me explain this difference between these two bets. We like Valentina. We've already made that clear. We can't bet her straight. We've already made that clear. We looked at the total and we looked at Shevchenko inside. The total gives you five rounds and it gives you both fighters. So for a minus 175 line... We get Valentina for all five rounds. If she knocks her out, if she submits her, the DQ we talked about, as long as Valentina wins, we win. But wait, Nico can always Nico can also win with a fight won't go, and we still win. So we get both fighters for the entire fight at minus 175. On the flip side, if you just took Shevchenko by Inside the distance at minus 215, you get Shevchenko, but you don't get Nico, and you're paying more. So it makes absolutely zero sense as of 8-30-2018 to take Valentina straight or to take Valentina inside the distance. What you want to play if you like this fight, you like Valentina to win by stoppage, don't take her by stoppage. Take the won't go five full rounds at minus 175. It's the much smarter play. There's no question to this. There's no debate to this. 
If you think Valentina is going to win inside, you're going to play fight doesn't go to decision. Because on the off chance that the stars align and something crazy happens, you have got both fighters and you paid less to have both fighters. I hope that makes sense. I know the guys that bet out there understand what I'm talking about. And I bet you it was you guys that changed that plus 140 line. You guys quit it. The last fight, Darren Till and Tyron Woodley. Everybody should know who these cats are. Uh, obviously, Tyron's the champ, and the line is super close. Obviously, that is rare when you're talking about a challenger and a champ basically deadlocked. Till technically opened at plus 115, and Woodley opened at minus 145, but the money's been pretty much even on both sides, and they're currently sitting at minus 110, minus 110. And I'm going to be honest with you. This fight is a little bit harder to cap because they both have strengths and they both have weaknesses. And I can see it playing out almost either way depending on the night. And that's a problem when you're trying to bet because you don't know how each fighter is going to perform on that night. Woodley has had a couple of close fights with Wonderboy Thompson. And I thought Steven actually won that fight with Woodley. A lot of people do. But... He still fought him twice. Once was a draw. Once Woodley got the win. And then he dominated Damian Maya in his last fight. So Woodley's sitting at 18-3. and three, And his last loss was to Rory. And that was by decision. Rory McDonald. That was way back in 2014. So he hasn't lost in a while. And the reason that people think this fight is so close. And the way it's getting two-way money is because Till is big, man. He's a big dude that cuts a lot of weight. And he's aggressive. He had his last fight against Wonderboy. And that's a fight I don't dispute at all. I think he lost. He missed weight. And I think he lost the fight. So to me, that didn't look good. And from everything I've heard, he's having trouble making weight for this fight. And Woodley's already said if he doesn't make weight, he's not fighting. So there is a possibility that you spend all this time, energy, effort, and go bat, and this fight doesn't come off. So I want you to be prepared for that straight out of the gate. There's a chance that Till doesn't make weight. And I know a lot of people are going to say, oh, because he missed weight. He's actually missed weight a couple times. And the fact of the matter is the kid is just too big to be fighting at 170 pounds. I don't care what anyone says. Anybody that likes him, fine, you like him. He's too big. He cuts too much weight and it's freaking dangerous. It's dangerous to his health and it's not sustainable. So I personally believe if he loses this fight, he won't ever fight at 170 again. He's going to go up to 185. If he wins the fight, I think he's going to keep sacrificing his ass for as long as he can to try to defend the title and either lose it in the cage and say, man, I should have moved up. It was hell. I knew it was hell, but I wanted to keep defending the title or get to a point where he misses weight and can't defend it. I mean, it's bound to happen, guys. This ain't rocket science. The guy is too big, cuts too much weight, and it's just way too hard for him to do it. And we talked about this in previous um, episodes where I told you I like to cap these fights straight out of the gate as fast as I can as far as like when the lines come out and not rush myself, but know ahead of time. That's why I'm coming to you on 8.30 and the fight's on the 8th. I promised you guys I would get the fights out earlier, but usually I was thinking like three or four days, but I had already looked at this card, I already capped the card, and I already had my opinion set. The only thing that throws a monkey wrench into this is Darren Till. So this was a case where... 
you could make a case of holding off to see what happens with the weigh-in. The only problem with that is you got to be prepared to take way shittier line. So if you're 100% on till and you're like, but I have to make sure he makes weight, then go ahead and wait and get a shittier line if he looks good. On the flip side, if he misses and the fight doesn't come off, obviously because Woodley already said he wouldn't fight, then it doesn't matter. But say he makes weight, but he looks terrible. Then you're probably going to get a much better line on till because people are going to see that and they're going to say, I'm not betting on that dude. He looks like death. So then that becomes a decision. Do you want to bet on the guy who looks like Skeletor or are you going to lay off and not even cover the fight at all because now Woodley's line is too high? So th those are things you have to know going in with fighters that have trouble making weight. And I mentioned this previously. This is, this is the one area where it could throw a wrench into your capping plans to bet as soon as the lines come out because you're obviously backing a fighter who has trouble making weight. Now, if you're backing Woodley, that doesn't matter. If you're backing Woodley, you should have already bet him or bet him now that he's minus 110. So if you liked Woodley straight out of the gate and you bet him at minus 145, don't worry about it. It's not a terrible line. If you liked Woodley and you're just doing your capping right now and you get to him and he's minus 110 now, go ahead. Take that. It's fine because Woodley's not going to have trouble making weight. Woodley's going to make weight. It's Till that's going to have trouble. So if anybody misses, it will be Darren. It won't be Woodley. So if that's the case, you're already riding Woodley. If the fight doesn't happen to come off, doesn't matter. You'll get your money back. But if you bet Woodley now and then Till looks like hell on the scales, Woodley line is going to go up. You're going to get a worse line. So there's no benefit to waiting on Woodley, in my opinion. Because the only the only thing that can happen is Till makes weight reasonably and you're probably still going to have two-way action. I don't think you'd get a lot of Till money unless he looked fantastic. And I personally don't think he can look fantastic at 170. So in my opinion, it's more likely he's going to look like shit and money's going to come in on Woodley, even if he makes the weight. The fight goes to the decision. Now remember, this is five rounds. Is plus 105, and fight doesn't go to a decision. Again, five rounds is minus 135. So that's telling you right there that they're leaning towards somebody getting stopped within the distance. The under did open at plus 120, so the books thought this could possibly go to a decision. It was the public that changed the line and said, no, we think somebody's going to get stopped. So you got to decide, what do you think? Regardless of which side you're on, what do you think? How do you think the fight plays out? In my opinion, I believe Darren's going to come right after Woodley. He's already stated that he thinks Woodley folds under pressure and will fade. And Darren's entire game is about pressure, pressure, pressure. Uh, the fight with Wonder Boy wasn't that exciting, in my opinion, because Wonder Boy's a counterpuncher. And Darren, even though he was aggressive, he didn't do the all-out charge that a lot of... People thought he would. He did a lot of strikes from the outside because he knew Wonder Boy is slick and can counter really well. And so he was smart enough not to just be a face first, come in and get your face smashed up. So he does have a little bit of technique and a little bit of skill involved with how he pressures forward. But I think he thinks he can walk right through Woodley because Woodley, in my opinion, is not as good of a striker as Wonder Boy is, but he probably hits harder with the right hand. But he's got that asterisk of being able to take your ass down. So that's the thing. Can he take Till down? Will Till be hesitant of Woodley's takedowns? Because when fighters are hesitant about being taken down, what happens? 
their offense slows because you can't open up with five punch combination because the wrestler is going to slip under that and take your ass down. The question you have to ask yourself, do you think Woodley can take him down? Woodley is an awesome wrestler, but Till is huge. And so when I'm looking at this, I'm like, if Woodley can't immediately take him down, how many times can he keep shooting on Till and getting stuffed? Before he spent. Woodley in my opinion ha has had stamina problems before. You saw in the Wonder Boy fight. There were spots where he's very explosive. And that's the type of fighter he is. He can be very explosive. But a lot of times he waits and waits and waits. And the reason he's doing that is to conserve energy. It's smart. If your opponent's going to allow you to wait and wait and wait. And get a burst of energy and then explode. He can do that all night. But I think that's where the game plans come in. If Till allows him to do that, he's going to lose because that is Woodley's game. He will do just enough to win the fight. He will wait, wait, explode. Wait, wait, explode. Move, 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 explode. All night long if Till was hesitant and sat on the outside. I don't believe he can sit on the outside as, as, as much as he did with Wonderboy. I believe he's got to be on top of Woodley to win this fight. Do I think he's going to do it? I think he's going to do it. Mentally, I think he's going to just come right after Woodley with everything he's got and see how it plays out. I think he believes deep down Woodley's not going to be able to take him down or at least not be able to take him down consistently before he gets too tired to keep shooting takedowns. I also believe that Till thinks he can take Woodley's best shot. So that's a game changer. If Woodley hits him, until wobbles or goes down or something, that's a game changer and everything you capped is out the window because Till style relies on going forward and getting in people's faces. Much like we talked about uh, the Vic fight, how I said if Justin can go forward and if he gets hurt by Vic, like his career is over and we saw what happened. Well, this is kind of similar. Like if Till is hurt by Woodley, that could make the whole fight game plan go out the window for him because now he won't be able to rush in and if he continues to just rush in he could get caught and knocked out so those are some things to look at my first instinct here is that till being much bigger much stronger younger is probably just going to go with that game plan of you know what i'm going to press the old guy the old champ I think he has stamina problems. I don't think he'll be able to take me down enough before he tires out. I think my pressure will break him and physically he will get tired. And once he gets tired, I'm going to knock him out. So if you're looking at that from the same point of view, then you're looking at Till wins inside or Till wins by TKO KO because I don't think he'll submit Woodley. I don't even think that's really in the cards so i don't think that's something we really need to spend too much time on so till wins by tko or ko that's plus 200 and if you have the option for inside that's plus 235 so again with a straight line being minus 110 could i see till winning a decision well he's went to decisions before but i think if he's winning the rounds where he's pushing woodley back and he's touching him and you know he's not allowing woodley to fight at his pace he probably has stopped them. That's my opinion. Like I could see Woodley winning on points more than I could see Till. Simply because we talked about how Woodley is able to use the octagon. 
use the space that people allow him to have and rest and then explode. And those explosion, he has powerful punches and powerful takedowns. So it looks really nice in a round where not a lot's happening. And then he explodes a couple times during the round and he wins it. You saw that with the Wonder Boy fight. So in my opinion, Woodley has more of a chance to win by decision. But you always have this... Um, a question in the back of your mind if that right hand lands on Till coming forward, what happens? The books see Woodley by decision at plus 195 and Woodley inside at 278. So they're kind of thinking the same thing. Like if Woodley wins, it will probably be by decision. And if Till wins, it will probably be inside as they have Till by decision at 301. And again, uh, till inside at 232 so you can see right there the difference in the odds they are fairly close but i just don't see the till by decision if i was setting the line i would have set it higher i know he's went to the cards before but i just don't think he can win like that with woodley Woodley can be a point fighter at times and i think it's going to be difficult for till to outpoint him if he's hurting him and knocking him around the ring enough to win the rounds. I just, I really don't see that. So I think that's a case where you pick your poison. If you're riding with Woodley and you wanted to take him straight, I wouldn't argue with you simply because that right hand could change everything. And we don't know how weak Darren Till is going to be with this weight cut, assuming he makes weight. And how that's going to affect him. Because at some point it's going to. You could say it did in his last fight. He missed weight and I still thought he lost the fight. Much like how I tell you you can't get, keep getting punched in the head over and over. Without trying to defend yourself and slip those punches and roll with those punches. Because it will take a toll. The same thing. Weight cutting takes a huge toll on these guys. And it affects them. And it affects their ability to take a punch. So over time, this is going to happen to Till. He's been doing it for a while now. He's really just too big. And it's just going to be a matter of time before he loses a fight because of his weight cutting. Or it's no longer even possible and something dangerous happens. Or he makes a wise decision and says, I have to move up. So something's got to give there. So if you're going to say you like Woodley, by all means, I wouldn't argue with the minus 110 straight. Again, if you liked him on points, of course, that's how I think he would probably win. But I can see you making a case for the Woodley straight bet. I'm not going to argue with that. As far as the Till goes, again, you'd be more hard-pressed to make me believe that Till's going to win by decision. And the line, to me, should have been way higher. So, I mean, 3-1 to one is nice anytime you hit 3-1. to one, But I think for the actual odds of that happening, it should be higher. Now, I wouldn't argue with you taking Till inside because I believe if he's going to win, that's the way he's going to win. And that's the way I lean. So, if you're asking me what's my official pick, I think I'm going to take Till inside. I think that's how it happens. But again, I wouldn't play Till straight simply because the line isn't good enough. And again, I don't see the decision coming out. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this uh, preview for the fight. Um, again, I'm going to remind you guys, let me know. This, this one's like 35 minutes long. So I glossed over everything. I touched on it. But I didn't go as in-depth with where all the money was going. Basically, the odds. That's where we really got into. And a little more detailed into the, the records and how they fared in their last few fights. So this is more of a, I think you guys understand who the fighters are. And I'm just going to spit out why I'm taking whatever and what I think is good and what I think isn't so good. But if you guys want me to do the longer ones, then that's no problem. But I want you guys to listen. So if it's 
four fights or five fights that I'm doing on a card and I'm doing, you know, 20 or 30 minutes on a fight, then I want you guys to listen to it all. Otherwise, there's no use, right? If you're like, well, two hours is too long or an hour and a half is too long. So that's what I'm trying to get at is what what do you guys prefer? And then once I get a consensus of that, and maybe we'll switch back and forth, depending on some fights, like I'll be doing the Canelo fight. Um, I'll be doing the Sean Porter um, Danny Garcia fight, which is in boxing. And that's another thing, guys. So these fights on the UFC have already been out, right? I'm doing it early and they were out earlier than what I'm doing it now. Like they've been out already. You go look at the Porter fight and they've just got the straight bets and nothing else. That's the only reason I haven't done the Porter fight already. So hopefully those come out today or tomorrow in the next couple days. And then I'll throw up my preview of the Porter fight. But that just goes to show you what I was talking about with boxing and MMA being so different with the lines and the options and even here in Vegas that's how it works man that's why it was so difficult to just bet boxing solely and make a living on it because you got the ridiculous odds and then you just got straight bets and then you've got lines coming out so late because that's difficult because when everybody's waiting on the line then these lines can move so fast and before you even get it you're driving down to the casino and you get there and it's moved you know hundreds of points and you're like what the hell that's because everybody at the same time is waiting to bet so it's nice when these lines come out like this has been out a week before 10 days before the fight because it allows you a little bit of time to cap and you still get decent odds where when everybody's waiting and everybody hits it as soon as it comes out because it's a couple days before the fight, the lines move so fast that you got to make sure you have all your research done. So that's why I suggest you guys, like say the Porter Garcia fight, for example, you should already know what you like. And I'll break that down, but you should already know what you like. And if it was a straight line and it was what you saw right now that you liked, you should have already bet it. You can always add in props later, but never negate a line that you like hoping for something later. You can always add to it. But if you didn't have anything right now and you're waiting for that, you know, Porter decision or Garcia decision or Porter inside what total over under whatever it is, then you're stuck waiting like everybody else. And when those lines come out, you'll often see that they move very quickly from the open and then you look and then all of a sudden it's a whole different points later and you're like, man, that moved fast. Well, that's why, because everybody's already capped it. Everybody's already waiting for the lines. And as soon as it comes out, everybody's hitting it at the same time. So that's why you basically, in my opinion, got to do your capping way ahead of time. So don't wait because doing it early may seem like you're getting ahead of other people, but in reality, most of the time, you're just on par with everybody because the good professional bettors that do this for a living are already doing it. They're they're already looking fights ahead, out weeks or out months ahead, going, oh man, I hope this line is this, or I hope, like they already have an idea in their head what they're hoping the line is at. You, you'll see that a lot on my, on my Twitter social media uh, page or on my forum or or on the podcast where I'm talking about something and I'm like, man, the odds came out and I was shocked that it was this high because I already had it in my head what are the roundabout number that I thought it would be. And then I'm like, I can't believe the books opened it like this or I can't believe the public hit it like this. Well, that's what I'm talking about because I've already done the work, put in the time, put in the energy. And then when it comes out, I go, hmm, do I agree with that? So that's how you guys will be. 
and you'll get there and then it just makes your capping easier because you know as soon as the line comes out you can pull the trigger so hopefully everybody enjoyed the podcast again let me know which way you want to do it i'll have some more boxing coming out hopefully in the next couple days and then we'll go from there so that pretty much does it for this episode of fight junkie i will sock it to you tomorrow baby fight junkie out